Thanks very much, Andrew. I, I love the way the music swells. It makes you feel like something special is going to happen. I'm very sorry to disappoint you, but I uh, uh, love the fact that you're doing another series on prayer, just the beautiful heart of this church. And, and uh, if you're new around the place, you've got to get into one of those groups and study what prayer can do. My, my whole theology uh, understanding of vision and Faith and prayer has very much been modelled uh, in this church. I've come to see that this is the way God can do, loves to do things. And so make sure you get involved in that. When it comes to motivation, there's uh, two very basic ways of motivating people. One is the carrot and the other is the stick. The carrot is offering people incentives, rewards for doing whatever needs to be done. And the stick is threatening punishments if they don't do what, what needs to be done. And, and both the carrot and the stick are, uh, are important in, in motivating people to, to do, and not just people, but animals. Because we've got a little dog at our place when we're in Brisbane. Uh, our son and daughter, uh, daughter-in-law are raised, uh, look, have got a little puppy, a brand new puppy called Willow. And... Uh, She's wild, like she just loves chewing the carpets and jumping up and down. She loves life and she loves people. And, and so she has to be trained. And so they're using partly the carrot thing, you know, so not real carrots, but, you know, they got all these little doggy treats that she loves. And so if she sits down or whatever she's supposed to do, they give her a treat and that's, that's the carrot. Uh, and then they also use the stick, not literally, uh, but when she doesn't do what she's told, she has to go into puppy time out. I don't know if you've ever heard of puppy time out. I never had. Uh, but she has to go into the laundry and they leave her in, in there for 30 seconds, you know, and she learns that. Uh, uh, anyway, it's, it is working. It's slowly, slowly, but it is working. And she's, she's gradually being trained and, and settling down. Uh, some people think that in preaching, uh, we use too much stick and not enough carrot. And there could be some truth in, in that. Uh, um, it's easy to, uh, to say these are the dangers. And, and, and the difficulty with that is, I mean, there's a place for it. Certainly there's a place for it. And certain times in history, it's been really emphasised very strongly. Uh, the difficulty is that people end up feeling very guilty uh, as a result of that. And uh, thinking of uh, Michelangelo's The Last Judgment <laughs> painting, you know, and demons carrying people off to hell and, and all the rest, you know. And so it is easy uh, for Christians to get a real sense of guilt that they're not good enough, that they'll never be good enough for God, that God will never accept them or they can never do enough to, to please God. Uh, so this morning we're going to have a look at a passage that has got both carrot and stick things in it. Uh, and I'm going to try, a little bit against my nature, but I'm going to try and be carrot this morning, all right? So I'm going to try and tell you the reasons why, the blessings that will come if you do what God wants. So if you leave this morning feeling guilty, that's your problem, right? Not the problem of the preacher. Well, let's have a look at the passage. It's uh, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. It's just a nice short passage. Jesus said this, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, before I look at this, this scripture, uh, I just want to say something about grace. Uh, uh, grace is the foundation of Christian faith, right? It makes Christianity different from any other religion, any other cause. It says that we are not good enough and we don't have to be good enough. It says that God loves us intensely despite our brokenness and despite our weakness, that, that God is in incredibly interested in us. That this morning before you got up, he's been thinking about you. The God of the universe that we've been singing about this morning has been thinking about you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants to pour out his grace on you and give you peace and love and joy and a future and a purpose. All of these things is what God... And we don't have to do anything to deserve that. Okay, this is what God loves to do. This is what God wants to do for you. This is uh, very important for us to understand as our foundation. Before we look at this passage, it doesn't seem to have too much grace in it. Right? Well, it's important to get this foundation of grace there. You know? it's, it's hard for us to imagine a God that would love us so greatly despite all that we've done. Um, probably the closest taste we get of it is, is in, in family. Uh, we've had been away on holidays for a fair while up and. I don't know what holidays is when you're retired, but anyway, we've been away at Caloundra and, and all the rest, and, uh, and we've had grandkids up there uh, with us. And the other day, I decided I would go for a walk on the beach, which I love to do, and the kids, the grandkids were sitting around, you know, and, uh, and I just said to anyone who would listen, I said, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk on the beach. And little Joey, who's four, very cute four, said, oh, Grandpa, would you like someone to go with you? And, and I said, oh, Joey, that would be lovely. He said, oh, not me. <laughs> but despite that, <laughs> despite the rejection, I just love that little guy. I really do, you know. And, and that's what God's like with you. And uh, he just loves you. He just wants so much to pour out his grace and his blessing on your life forever. <laughs> uh, that's what grace is all about. But this scripture doesn't sound much like grace, does it? If this is our foundation, how does this scripture fit in? Let me just read it to you again. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy but where, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We all know what storing up treasure on earth is about because we've all done it. Uh, most of us have super funds, for example, or have had super funds. And we uh, watch those occasionally, maybe, uh, as they increase or if we're retired like I am, decrease. But uh, you watch your super uh, carefully. That's storing up treasure on earth. And, uh, and that's fine. We all need to do that. We know what that is, is about. Because when Jesus is talking about treasure on earth, he's not just talking about money, although money and uh, 
and prosperity is one element of it, but it's also all the things that make us feel significant and make, uh, make life enjoyable for us uh, on earth, you know. So it might be our careers or it, it might be our holidays or whatever it might be. Uh, someone came up to me after the first service and said, you've told me I can't do my overseas trip. I said, no, 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 I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. We're going overseas ourselves in a few months' time. So uh, it's not that we can't do those things, because uh, we, we all do. There's a lot in this world that we're involved with and, uh, and we're storing up treasures on earth. Uh, of course, some people have more treasure than others uh, and uh, it's easy to read a passage like this and think, well, this is for the really rich people, you know. Uh, we don't really have all that much, you know. But, uh, but of course, most of the people Jesus is talking to did not have much money at all. They were subsistence farmers, like... They were just getting by day by day, week by week. And, uh, and so what Jesus is saying is not for rich people uh, or just for rich people. It certainly applies to rich people, but it applies to all of us. He says, don't make this earth the place that you store most of your treasures up. What, um, so, so treasures in heaven, what, what are treasures in, in heaven then? If we understand what treasures in earth are, what, what are treasures in heaven? Well, it's easy to think of treasures in heaven as being kind of the really big spiritual things that we do, you know. Uh, so the team's going to Cambodia, you know, like that's storing up treasure in heaven. And it certainly is. And this is doing what God wants. This is serving people the way God wants. And so it's easy to think, you know, maybe this is like the pastors do a lot of storing up treasure in heaven, you know. And it's the big stuff we do when we make big choices for God, when we make large sacrifices. That's what storing up treasure in, in heaven is, is about. But it's actually not really. I mean, those things are included, but, but storing out treasure in heaven is just when we say, God, I want to serve you and, and I want to serve people. Jesus gives plenty of examples of storing up treasure in heaven. Let me give you just one example that Jesus gives. This is in Matthew 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. You see, they're the kind of actions that are involved in storing up treasure in heaven. As we do serve people, small things that you've done, you've come, come to church this morning, right? That's a sacrifice to a degree. Uh, and that's part of storing up treasure in heaven. That's God says, I'm really pleased with that. Uh, you've uh, served someone this week. You've forgiven someone this week. Uh, you've been in the middle of your job and, and you've thought, what on earth am I doing here? And then you say, God, I want you to use me here. I want to be your servant here in this place. That's storing up treasure uh, in heaven. Can you see that? So it's not just the big stuff that we imagine, well, God will remember that, or other people will remember that. It's a whole lot of accumulation of little stuff that we do day after day after day that it means we're storing up treasure in heaven. Now, I need to make it really clear that this storing up treasure in heaven has got nothing to do with our salvation. Right? Our salvation is based on grace. 
You can know that you're going to heaven <laughs> to be with God forever, not because of anything you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for, done for you. And if you're not a Christian yet, then that's what you need to focus. You can listen to what I have to say about this passage, but your main focus is to receive the love of God. You've so far lived without God and, and that hurts God, but he still loves you and he's reaching out with open arms this morning and saying, I want you to be my child forever. <laughs> and that's his grace. So this storing up treasure has nothing to do with will you be good enough to get to heaven or nothing to do with that. That's based on grace. But if you are a Christian, what happens is as you receive the grace of God, it makes a difference to the way you live. And so this storing up treasure for in heaven is a key thing. Uh, for those of us that belong to Jesus. And uh, I could look at this and, uh, and talk about, you know, how we spend too much time doing stuff on earth and we're too involved and too committed and it takes up too much of our life. And, and that would be like the sticks sort of thing. And uh, I kind of naturally go there in some ways. But I'll, have, I'll say that because the passage says a little bit. Of, but I want to focus today on the carrot stuff, all right? So why should you store up treasure in heaven? Like, what, what motivation do you have? What are the good stuff that will happen as you store up treasure in heaven? So I want to look at it from a stick, uh, not from a, from a carrot perspective, all right? And try and stick to that as much as I can. All right, so I've got two good reasons, right? That Jesus says in this passage why you need to be storing treasure in heaven, why it's a great thing, why it's a blessing to store treasure in heaven. All right, so here they are. The first one is this. Treasure in heaven counts forever. I don't know that moths and vermin are too much of a problem for our treasures on earth, uh, although I do have a couple of T-shirts that have got moth holes in them now. Uh, I thought that might make me look more cool, you know, having holes, but, but anyway. Uh, but certainly we know what thieves are like. Most of us are very aware of that now uh, because of all the scams that are going on. <laughs> Every time you read in the newspaper, there's another story about someone who's been scammed out of their life savings. They've, they've lost everything uh, to a scammer. So we know what that's like. We know that the, the, the nature of what we store on earth could disappear at, at any time. And that's a healthy thing because that's, that's true. There was a popular bumper sticker in the 1980s uh, and that said, he who dies with the most toys wins. Someone after the service in the morning said, there was a one that came after that that said, he who dies with the most toys still dies. <laughs> but that's the way most people in our world think, you know, that somehow if we can accumulate enough, if we can get enough uh, credibility, if we can get enough respect, if we can get enough pleasure and enjoyment, then then we've, we've won. And of course, that's just not the truth. Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb. I came with nothing and naked I will depart. When I leave, I take nothing with me. I remember uh, when my dad was dying. Dad was a beautiful man, served in this church and many other places as well and was a business leader and all the rest as well. And, and I watched this man that had... Uh, achieved so much and done so much. And next to him in the bed, also dying, was a, was a guy who was a, an alcoholic and, and had wasted his life and alienated all his family and all the rest. And, and yet as they died together, 
I could see that really, materially, the end of the life is the same for everyone. It's the same no matter what you achieved, no matter what you've done, no matter how much respect that you have, have earned. The fact is we take nothing. We take nothing out of this world. I've got a joke, all right, so let me tell a joke now. Now, I don't usually tell jokes in sermons, but I thought a little bit of light relief might be good. And uh, so uh, this is, I just want to point out this is not good theology, all right, so just in case anyone gets confused, right, uh, you know. But uh, there was this guy uh, that decided, he was very wealthy and decided he would, he would take his wealth to heaven and God would be blessed by, uh, by his wealth. So he knocked on the door of heaven, whatever they say in these jokes, and St. Peter said yes, and he said, well, look, I'm here. But what he'd done is he'd converted all, all that he owned into, into gold. Uh, and so he'd put it all in suitcases and brought it all with him, all the stacks of gold, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and he said, I'm here. And I, he, St. Peter said, well, why should you come here? Well, he said, I've got so much to offer. I've brought all of this stuff with me. And... Uh, and, and I want to use it here. And so Peter said, oh, look, I appreciate your effort in bringing all that, but why did you spend so much effort bringing road pavers? <laughs> now, that's a little in-joke, all right. It's a dad joke, really. Streets in heaven line with gold. That's the, you know, that's if you, if you need an explanation of it. But, uh, but it is true, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like all that we think is important here won't matter one little bit. <laughs> when it comes to standing before God. Nothing will count. You can say, well, I've made all this stuff and I've done all these things and I've achieved everything and it makes no difference. It makes no difference. Naked, we come into this world and naked we go out. <laughs> we take nothing with us. We take nothing with us. So Jesus says, you know, like you can build that treasure in heaven and, and like, we enjoy some of those things and some of those things are a blessing. I'm not saying some of those things are a gift from God that we have. I'm not saying uh, in any way that we, we shouldn't enjoy some of the things that God pours out on our life. It's just that it's not going to last, right? That stuff's not going to last. But Jesus did say, on the other hand, treasure in heaven is eternal. It lasts forever. But store up, verse 20, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin don't destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. In other words, he's saying, when we start treasure in heaven, nothing touches it. Nothing takes it away. It's there forever. I've got a really poor memory. And uh, people occasionally come up to me and say, uh, John, you know, 30 years ago, uh, you said this to me and it was very significant for me. And uh, I can't remember, of course, saying that, and I can't usually remember who they even are, but, uh, but uh, I think, wow, I used to be really wise, didn't I? You know? <laughs> but it is a great encouragement to think that someone's remembered something that I've said, something that I've done or said has made a difference in someone's life. So you take that little bit, you multiply that by millions and millions and millions and you've got your life in heaven. It's your life. All of those things you've done, every single thing that you've done for Jesus will count forever, will be remembered forever. 
And the little stuff, do you know what I mean? Like the many, many things that you've done that no one's noticed and you've long forgotten about them. God will say, hey, remember when you did this? That was such a blessing. Oh, I'm so pleased about that. And other people will say, hey, remember when you asked us over for dinner? Or remember when you prayed with me? And uh, you'll say, no, I don't remember. Maybe my memory will be better. Your memory will be better in heaven. I don't know. But, and you go, you know, wow, that was fantastic. You see, everything you do that makes a difference for God, that serves others, and that's in workplaces as well and in families, and, and uh, you don't have to uh, have, have church work to be doing stuff in heaven, right? It's everything. It, count, all, it all counts. It counts forever. Now, that's a good investment, isn't it? We, I guess we've got financial advisors here. Like, that's a good investment. If you can invest something in things that are going to last forever and ever and ever and be remembered by God and others forever and ever, like, that's a good investment. So that's the first carrot. We invest uh, in treasure in heaven because, well, everything else is going, but that's lasting forever. The second reason is, and this is a little bit more complicated, so let me see if I can try to explain it. But it comes from verse 21 where Jesus says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so he distinguishes between treasure and heart. Your heart is what motivates you. Do you know what I mean? It's what you really think and feel deep down inside you. This is, this is your heart, the desires that you have deep down inside you. Your treasure is your priorities the things that are most important to you, the things that you are doing that you feel need to be done, all right? So that's your treasure and that's your heart. Now, normally we would think treasure follows heart. In other words, as you get your heart right with God, you know what it's like to live with God, you listen to God, and uh, then, then that changes what you do. That changes the way you behave. That changes what your treasure is, the things, your priorities in life as your, as your heart gets right with God. And that's true, all right? I'm not denying that. That is absolutely true. It's just not what Jesus says here. What does he say? For where, he doesn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. He says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. In other words, he says your heart follows your treasure, and I think that's important for us to understand as well. It's certainly true that treasure follows heart, but it's also true that often heart follows treasure. Let me, let me try and illustrate that. Uh, when I was younger, I uh, went out teaching in the country and I got myself a, a motorbike. Uh, it was a trail bike and got a couple of them and we used to have fantastic fun. And then when I came to Brisbane, I continued to, to ride my, my motorbike and uh, I loved riding the motorbike. And those of you that have never been on a motorbike will, will not know the, the freedom that you feel, the, the smells, the, all that you see. Do you know what I mean? It's just a different experience from, from driving in a car. And, and I loved it. Uh, until I, we, and so I rode around the place. We had a car as well, but I used the bike when I could and rode around the place for about 10 years or so and, and loved every moment. My heart was riding bikes. <laughs> I love that. Then we found out uh, that we were going to have a baby. Uh, and, uh, and so I had to rethink my priorities. Now, I had nothing against riding motorbikes, right? Okay. Uh, 
you want to be temporary Australian, that's up to you, all right? So, uh, so I'm not, <laughs> I know many of my mates ride bikes. They've gone back into riding bikes now and all, all the rest, you know. But I kind of thought, I love riding and I don't want to give this up, but my priority is this little baby that's coming. And, and so I want to make sure that I do everything to stay alive and stay healthy <laughs> for this little boy. And, and I'm going to stop riding my motorbike. Now, I'm not saying that's everyone should do that. That was just a personal decision I made, pushed a lot by my wife, but uh, it, was a per- it was my decision. <laughs> and uh, my heart, I still love riding bikes. I still did. Do you know what I mean? But my priorities, my treasure was this little baby coming. And so I made a call. I didn't want to do it, but I made a call because I knew that it was the right thing to do. And my heart eventually followed along. So as, that, as it went on, I didn't ride my bike, I lost my desire, <laughs> my heart for riding bikes. And I'm still the same way, you know, like, as I said, I've got mates that have got bikes and they say, you know, aren't you going to get your big Harley or whatever you want to get? And I say, I'm just not interested in that. I've got an electric scooter and, <laughs> and I wear a full face helmet when I ride it. <laughs> Peter doesn't even like me doing that. So eventually my heart followed my, my priorities, my treasure. And that's what Jesus is saying here, that, that what will happen is that, that if you get your priorities right, sometimes it's just hard work, you know. Coming along to the prayer meeting when you don't feel like it or being nice to someone at work when they're being awful to you. Or, do you know what I mean? Like all those things multiply. Sometimes it's just making a choice and saying, my treasure is with Jesus. And I know that this is what he wants. I don't feel it. I don't particularly want to do this. But this is what I'm going to do. And your heart eventually will follow along. It'll change your heart towards Jesus. So some of you are sitting here this morning saying, I just wish I had a heart for Jesus. You know, and that's great. Do you know what I mean? And maybe God will do that in you as you seek him and all the rest. But maybe... Maybe it's just getting your priorities right, getting your treasure in the right place, and then your heart's going to follow along. <laughs> it's going to love those things eventually, even if it's hard work at the start. Does that make sense? Have I explained that well enough? Jesus said, where your treasure is, the things that are important and priorities for you, that's where your heart will be also. So in other words, you can sit here this morning saying, I love Jesus, I really want to serve him, I really want to please him, I love the worship and all the rest. But if this week, You find yourself just doing the stuff, building treasure on earth that everyone else is doing. You hardly think of Jesus. Uh, You're working hard. You're enjoying your life, whatever it might be. And that's as as much as it happens in your life. If that's the case, then your heart's going to be there eventually. You might say, oh, well, I love Jesus, but it's just that this is my life. No, no, no. Eventually your heart will be. (laughs) And I'm sure you've seen too, so many people. His hearts have got dragged away by their treasure. Have you seen that? These things that they value, these priorities that they have, grabs them and then eventually the heart gets carried away too. So, hopefully, the carrot then this morning, right? So why build up treasure in heaven? Why not invest? Why not have a good time on earth? Which we do anyway, do you know what I mean? But why not make that my priority? Why not do that? One is... You're not building up stuff that will last forever. You can, this week, do things that are going to be remembered forever and ever and ever. 
by God and by your friends and by you as well. <laughs> Things that God will celebrate forever. So you can do that. What a wonderful opportunity. And the second thing is that as you do that, you'll find that your heart get changes <laughs> and your heart will get drawn to what really is important for you. And that'll make a huge difference for you as you seek to serve Jesus. So why store up treasure in heaven? It lasts forever. That's a great investment. <laughs> and it'll change your heart. This doesn't mean that we don't care about practical issues. You know, you can go on your cruises and all the rest. You know, I mean, it's not that this has to be all that we do. Do you know what I mean? God, in his graciousness, gives us many good things. We enjoy our family and we enjoy some of the resources that God gives us. All of those things are good. They're just not most important, that's all. <laughs> They're just not to be relied on. They're just not to dominate our lives. Storing up treasure for heaven. In heaven, that's <laughs> where it's at. Now, just a final thing I need to say, that um, for this to work, to really store up treasure in heaven, um, you need to really believe that you're going to live forever with God. <laughs> Now, I don't just mean theoretically. Of course, we all believe that, that death's not the end. I mean, very, very few of us here this morning would say, well, once you die, that's it, nothing after that. Most of us, don't look if you had someone you love die. Most of us would say, no, there's, there's, there's more than that. Of course, there's more than that. You know. But what I'm saying is really believe it, like really believe it, that this is what counts, that, that we're here for this short period of time, but, but we're a whole future that's going to be fabulous. There's a guy called Michael Bird. He's an Aussie uh, theologian, New Testament scholar, uh, brilliant guy, Malian College graduate, may I say. So we've got Andrew and Michael Bird. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's just written a book with N.T. Wright, who's a very famous uh, New Testament exegete. And, uh, and, and it's about early Christianity. What were the Christians like? in the early church. And someone asked Michael, um, what, what's the major difference? What, dif you know, what is the big difference that you see between, now you know so much about Christians in the early church, Christians in the early church and Christians today? And Mike said, uh, the biggest difference I can see is that in the early church, they really believed that Jesus was about to return. And that, radically transformed the way they thought and what they did. Now, I know it's been 2,000 years and I know uh, it's easy for us to lose that heart and that passion, but the fact is it is happening. It is happening. There is an end to this world. There is justice. God will prevail. And uh, there will come a time when he said enough is enough. And if we believe that, then storing up treasure in heaven really becomes more significant for us. If we don't believe that, it's hard for us to get out the trap of this world and what it forces us into its mould. Okay, that's enough for today. I'm just checking. Anyone feel guilty here, right? Just checking. Oh, there's a few that are still feeling guilty. I'm sorry about that. Someone said to me after the service, every time you come, I always feel so guilty. <laughs> I said, thanks a lot. <laughs> Let me pray, hey? Well, Jesus, uh, to think that 
Lord, we thank you for your grace. We celebrate that, Lord, that we're going to live forever with you if we free your children. And, uh, and that's incredible. Nothing we have to do to earn it. doesn't matter what we do or where we've been, Lord Jesus, that your grace reaches out to us and we thank you so much for that. But, Lord, we can make a difference. We really can. We can do things significant in this earth, on this earth. It's not just a matter of waiting till you return. We can make a difference this week. We can do stuff that is going to be remembered and celebrated forever. We can do stuff that's going to draw our hearts away from this world and towards you and your priorities and your agenda and your grace and, and your love, Lord. And so we thank you for that. We're not just marking time here. We're not just wasting our time. We're investing in something, Lord, in your kingdom that's going to last forever, be remembered forever, Lord. So help us, encourage us, motivate us, strengthen us, Lord. May we make a difference this week. We pray in your name. Amen.